From the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts at Central Michigan University, welcome to Depth of Field, a podcast highlighting the careers, experiences, and accomplishments of our broadcast and cinematic arts graduates. I'm your host, Patty Williamson. Join me as I chat with media pros who reflect on their time at CMU, their lives and careers after graduation. Along the way, they'll share advice they have for anyone looking to work in a wide variety of media fields. And that's why we call it Depth of Field. Joining us today is Dana White. She's a reporter at Wood TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and she's a 2018 graduate of the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts. Dana, thanks so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'd love to hear about your decision to come to Central Michigan University. Did you grow up in Michigan? Yeah, so I grew up in the Metro Detroit area. And I basically just applied to all the state schools in Michigan to see, honestly, where I was going to get the best scholarships. But I knew I wanted to go into broadcasting. So I was kind of looking at Central and Michigan State. And then Central gave me a good scholarship through the Multicultural Advancement Student Services Office. So that kind of pushed me to go there. And then also when I saw New Central for the first time, I was like, okay, this is the place to be. Were you interested in TV news from the beginning or did you just know generically that you wanted to get into media in some way, shape or form? I did know I wanted to do TV. I thought I wanted to do sports at first and then realized that I did not want to do sports. So then I started gearing more towards news and just kind of went from there. So you mentioned New Central. I know you were very involved when you were a student in BCA. Uh, What all of the co-curriculars were you a part of while you were here? So when I first started, I started out with Sports Central as a freshman, and then I joined National Broadcasting Society right away as well, and the Radio Television Digital News Association, and then New Central as well. So I kind of dabbled in between those while I was there. And you had a leadership role in NBS, didn't you? Yes. So I was the president of MBS my senior year and then the vice president my junior year. I kind of worked my way up through that organization. What did you find rewarding about NBS? I really liked the connections with it. I think a lot of our industry is knowing people and meeting people. And I think MBS is so big. And the fact that it's national, you get to meet a lot of people who are already in the industry who can help you and kind of help you find internships or make those connections. And I think it was just kind of like a big family. Is that something you're still involved in now that you're out in the professional world? No, I'm not. I have, um, I just went to the RTDNA conference in Denver as a professional. So that was also kind of interesting to do that on like not a student level and a more of a career person level, but it's cool to see how you can stay within the organizations as you kind of grow. And you mentioned New Central as well. What did you gain from New Central that's helped you as you continue your career progression? So I will say all the good things about New Central. I love how you can start right away. And I know at a lot of other schools, you have to kind of take classes first before you can get that hands-on experience at like an actual news station versus New Central. You can kind of get started and do as much as you can. I liked how you could take on all the different roles. So I always kind of knew I wanted to be on air and be a reporter, but I still did the producing class and still did editing. And just so I could make myself more marketable when I did graduate. But I love how super hands-on it is and how you get feedback from, I mean, everyone who went to Central 
who's in news has probably done News Central. So you also have that alumni base that's willing to help you as well. So what are some of your favorite memories from college? I think one of my favorite news memories is covering the 2016 election. I remember being there until like three in the morning in Professor Sykes' office with a bunch of other students. And I think that was kind of like my first like taste on how it would be actually in the real world. And I thought it was really cool. That was like the first big project I was a part of, of seeing so many different people from all the students, different parts of the state, different political views, but we were able to come together and put together such a good show and do that for our viewers. And I think that was one of my favorite memories. So your first job out of school, it was at WLNS in Lansing, wasn't it? Yes. How did you transition from college graduate to that position in Lansing? So I started working in Lansing while I was still at Central. So I met Jam Sardar, who was my news director in Lansing, at a conference in Lansing in December through the MAB. And he was doing a session on resume critiquing. So basically, students could just submit their resumes and get them critiqued during the session once we were looking for jobs. And I think mine just stood out to him. So he kind of told me when you graduate in May, like, stay in touch with me or send me an email after the holidays because I want to hire you pretty much. And I was like, oh my gosh. So (laughs) I stayed in touch with him. And then he actually hired me in March of 2018, two months before graduation, because I think he kind of wanted to get me in and get me going. So then when I did graduate, I already had been trained so I could hit the ground running. So I commuted for a couple months and just drove from Mount Pleasant to Lansing four days a week. I did Thursday to Sunday. And I kind of planned my last semester at Central to know that I wanted to start working somewhere. So if an opportunity did come up, like I wouldn't be taking 15 credit hours. Like I wasn't technically full-time that last semester. I only had a couple more credits to go. And then once I graduated, I moved down to Lansing and then started working full-time. What were some of the challenges that you found once you started working full-time in news? I think just like knowing what the heck is going on. (laughs) I think a lot of news is like thinking on your feet and just being willing to adapt and like problem solve. And I think when you're first starting out, you kind of have this idea that you like want to at least come off like you know what you're doing or know what's going on. But I think just kind of like maintaining that confidence, like they hired me for a reason to be here and I deserve to be here. So just remembering that and like letting it show through my work. And then ultimately, like you gain that confidence as you keep doing it every day. But that was probably the biggest thing in the beginning. And were you doing general assignment reporting? Yes. How was that? It seems like you need to know a little bit about a ton of different stuff to be able to do that well. Yeah. So I will say Lansing was a really good like boot camp first job because you learn about a lot of stuff. Like I had to learn a lot of politics, like being in the Capitol. And then we learned a lot with Michigan State and all of the stuff with the university right over there. And then you also have rural towns around you. So I did a lot of farming stories. There's a lot of stuff that I wasn't really familiar with, but like, I mean, you have to learn it and then you have to make it sound understandable to the viewer because they also don't know as much about it but I definitely had to learn about a lot that I'm from the metro Detroit area so it was mostly city so I think being there as a reporter like made me marketable so then like when I go to my next job I'm able to say I did all of these certain things where I think a lot of first market jobs you don't get that experience you're not necessarily in a, a capital or you're next to a major university so 
Lansing helps me with that a lot. While you were in Lansing, you got a lot of national attention when you tweeted about the first day that you were going to be going on air wearing your natural hair. And I'm wondering what it was like to make that decision, but also to start to get this attention from Twitter and from the industry as well as the public about your decision. Oh my gosh, yeah. So that was not expected at all. (laughs) I went to the National Association of Black Journalists Conference for the first time that August. So I started in Lansing in March, and then that August was the conference. And I had a lot of friends who were in NABJ who are older, who are saying like, you should join, you should join, you should join. And that conference was in Detroit that year. So I was like, okay, well, this is like a good way to like get my feet wet. I don't have to like go somewhere and book a hotel room. I can just stay at my parents' house and then go to this conference. And I think just like going into news, you have like, like you think what reporters and anchors are supposed to look like. You don't necessarily think you can be yourself because like people have like their anchor voices or like the anchor bob, like the hairstyle, like, I think it's a lot different now, but like growing up, that's what I always saw. So I went to this conference and literally so many women and men there were just like themselves. And I was still like young and a little bit naive with the industry. And I'm like, well, if all these people are here and they're super successful, then like, I don't understand why I can't do this. So I figured it was a good time to do it. because I was just starting out and I did it on a weekend because management wasn't there because sometimes like you kind of have to talk to management about how you're going to look on air, but I didn't want to have to do that because it wasn't negotiable for me. Like that was just a decision that I made that I was going to do. So I did it on a Saturday and I tweeted it. And then on a Sunday, the tweet went viral and I was, oh my God. And then a teen Vogue reporter reached out and wanted to do an article on it. Like she just saw my tweet and then everyone was started to see her story. So then more companies started reaching out like Yahoo and the Today Show And I think that was just good motivation because then at that point, I'm getting all of this positive feedback. So I'm like, well, there's really no going back now. Like if I was like nervous or whatever going into this, then I mean, this is just what it is. That that definitely helped me like gain confidence because I felt supported after doing that. But yes, that was a big surprise. (laughs) So what was the reaction at work in Lansing? Was there any pushback against it at all? No. So I went in on that weekend day and I like was in my head basically the whole day and I was like I don't know like on the weekends it was just the producer and the anchor and they had both been there for maybe like a year and they're both really good and I looked up to them a lot so I was like are they gonna say anything to me like do they even care and then my producer then I work with her now in Grand Rapids and I like told her the story like later on and she was like I literally like didn't even think about it like I didn't think it was an issue so that's just crazy to me that like I feel like as women and like women of color we think all these expectations are upon us but then like when we kind of dismantle them and just go and be ourselves people like embrace that so that was nice and my the management was supportive and super excited about the articles and stuff and it was nice. I know it's not like that for everyone who does it, but I'm glad my experience was good. Did you have a lot of women who were contacting you who were inspired by your move, who perhaps asked for advice or were looking for mentoring? Yeah, so it's kind of funny because a lot of the reporters in Lansing now weren't there when I was there. And a couple of like the newer people 
are like, didn't you start that here? Like, didn't you start the natural hair thing here? I'm like, no, dude, like that was a thing before me. I, I just think I got lucky and it just kind of blew up. But I think my advice to them is just like, be yourself. Like being in this industry is hard enough when you're in the spotlight. So you kind of have to know who you are. Professor Sykes told me that actually. He said, if you don't define who you are, then they're going to define it for you. And I think that really stuck with me. And that's kind of what pushed me to wear my hair naturally, because if this is going to be a longevity thing, I have to be myself. Do you feel like the TV news industry is becoming more inclusive or do you think it's still in some way stuck in some outdated norms? I think it's becoming more inclusive. We had, um, especially the stations I've been at, like Lansing was supportive. I kind of brought it up in my interview a little bit when I came to Grand Rapids that it was something I was passionate about just so my news director knew. So it wasn't like a surprise or like something that he wanted to change at some point, but he uh, like also didn't seem like it was an issue and it, and it hasn't been. So I definitely think it's changing. And I think it makes us more like relatable to viewers because I mean, like we're just people too. So they can relate to us more. Do you feel like you are a role model though, even though the movement had started before you because you got a lot of attention for this move? Do you feel any pressure being a role model? Thanks, like a little bit, but I also try not to think too much into it. Like I just try to talk to people like I've known them and like they're my friends and I would want someone to give the same advice to me. But I do like being able to mentor people and give them that advice because I feel like I needed it a lot when I was coming in. So you mentioned you're in Grand Rapids now. How did you make that transition from Lansing to Grand Rapids? WLNS is owned by Nexstar, my old or my company, and Wood TV, my current station, is owned by Nexstar. So I was kind of dabbling everywhere, but you can transfer within Nexstar, and it's a lot easier than going to a different company and redoing all the paperwork, like all of my HR and paperwork stuff stayed the same. So I was looking at Grand Rapids and my producer from Lansing had moved to Grand Rapids and she's an EP here. And I like kind of knew her and she knew, like said they were hiring a morning reporter and she's the daybreak executive producer. So I knew I would somewhat be working underneath her and I liked working underneath her in Lansing. So I, I applied and it took about a two months for my interview process the whole process to get over here it was during the holidays but yeah is there much of a difference between the Lansing market and the Grand Rapids market in terms of the reporting that you do oh yeah I think in Grand Rapids we get a lot more breaking news I didn't do mornings in Lansing I only did days and nights but my shift I'm on now is the morning show 4 30 to 7 a.m and we get a lot of breaking news and then I also get to do like a lot of feature stories I think the PR people in Grand Rapids are really great with working with us, with giving us story ideas and stuff. And that's a big thing I've noticed too, is like in Lansing, I had to, I still have to come up with story ideas myself here, but a lot less because I feel like there's a lot more resources of people helping and pitching in. What do you think is the most difficult part of your job? I think the hours are pretty hard. <laughs> so I work 3.30 a.m. to around noon. And waking up that alarm clock at three in the morning in the winter when it's cold and dark is hard. But then once I'm in, it's fine. And I like the morning show. I really do because we get a lot of creative freedom on it. But I'd say the hours are the hardest part. So the flip side of that question would be, what's the most rewarding part of the work that you do? I think when you can see that, like you're actually making a difference. 
in the community because like the story I just did this morning, actually, it's from, he's a teacher in Holland at Holland Middle School. And I did a story with him about six months ago. Basically, the students designed this chessboard through their STEM class and were auctioning it off to donate the money to a local food pantry. And he said that when he pitched the story to me, they only had a bid of 200. And then I did the story and they ended up auctioning it off for like four grand. And like, I think just seeing that big of a difference that like my story can do, because I think sometimes it's hard because I wake up so early. I forget that other people also wake up early and will watch us because I'm sleepy. And like seeing that that big of a difference that local news can make is really cool. Speaking of people watching, how do you deal with being a celebrity? People recognizing you when you go out, is that disconcerting? Uh, Is it just no big deal? How do you deal with that sort of fame? I feel like I'm a little awkward. (laughs) I think my parents did a really good job raising me to just be humble. And that's not going to change with what career I do. So like I get recognized a lot in the grocery store and they're like, oh, like you're the lady on channel and I watch you every morning. And I, I don't know. I feel like I'm just like a goofball. And I'm like, yep. Uh-huh. That's me. And they're like, you're so small. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> but it's cool. Like getting that because I feel like my work is making a difference and people are watching. I, I had a mentor tell me to pay attention, just like, don't pay attention to the good comments more than the bad comments and vice versa. That goes back to what Professor Sykes said is just kind of knowing who you are. So I kind of try to think about that a lot too. Like I don't let it get to my head. I would think you'd need to have a thick skin. I always hear about a lot of public nitpicking about people's appearance and about things that you say, uh, that it would have to be something that you need to be able to just kind of let blow past you a bit. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had any situations that were uncomfortable Oh yeah. People are mean. We get like when people, I think there's a lot of things people don't realize is when they email a newsroom, it goes to everyone in the newsroom. And it's not just with me, but like people will email the newsroom critiquing us on air people and like saying horrible things sometimes. And I think that they forget that we're actual humans. Like we're not just on TV. And I think it helps having like good coworkers too, because I've had people write me in in the morning or write into the newsroom to where it goes to everyone saying stuff about me that's not nice. And one of my producers gets like super mad and will like, Wood's pretty good about like kind of letting us respond, obviously in a respectful way, but just kind of saying like, we're people, like you should think about like what you say, like the stuff you tell your kid. But <laughs> it's helpful having coworkers who will like go to bat for me because some like I usually don't respond I'm like I'm not putting the energy into this like I have enough to do than to respond someone I don't even know who's coming at me but if my producer wants to do it for me then okay but it's nice having like backup I would say because it happens to all of us absolutely that's the best way to handle it what do you find as you're moving forward in your career what are your career goals now I'm not exactly sure, actually. I know I want to move to a big city. I've always wanted to move to New York. So that's kind of still in my mind. But I also like the digital aspect of news and how everything's kind of moving online more. So I'm also looking into that. But I think the next step, I really want to look at the city more because the first job, you just go wherever who's going to hire you. And then the second job, 
you go to like kind of a next step. But I think your third job, you get more kind of control over where you want to go. So I'm definitely looking into like a Chicago or New York. What advice would you give to young people who are looking to break into TV news? What are the things they need to know? What sort of skills do they need to hone? I think it's a lot about connections and who you know. And I think it's important to make yourself uncomfortable and go up to someone who's already in the industry, even though it's scary. It's still scary to me going up to people who are further along or like the main anchors at our station who have been there for 30 years. But I think just showing that initiative and putting yourself out there is noticeable and people remember that. And I think one of my mentors told me when I was an intern in Flint that like what made me sit out is I was always willing to like step in and help her. And like, you can sit at the desk and be an intern all day, or you can like go up to reporters and ask what they need and kind of being of assistance. So I think just being persistent too, because I mean, you're going to get a lot of no's. News is hard. And I applied to probably more than 100 stations when I was graduating. It's kind of crazy that I ended up in Lansing because it's only an hour from where I'm from. But like, don't let that one no discourage you because all you need is one yes. You mentioned your internship. Do you think students should be sort of pushed to do internships? Oh, yeah. I think that like at Central, I learned like the skills, but I think at my internships is where I kind of got to apply them. And I would say, too, I always wanted to intern in Detroit because that's where I'm from. It's like a big city. But those small market or medium market internships are just as helpful, if not better, because you can do more. You can touch the cameras and you can edit and you can do stand-ups. We're at like a bigger station. There might be unions, so you can't touch the equipment or they might not have time because they're doing a bunch more things. My internship in Flynn is where I made my first demo reel. And I think that's also like a good place to find good mentors. Like the reporter who I worked with there, is in Nashville now and I still talk to her and I think that was kind of like a big step and it shows you like the day-to-day of what you're actually going to be dealing with on the job. As we get close to wrapping this up I just want to ask what you think so far your proudest moment is over the course of your career. I don't know if it would be a moment versus like a connection that I've made so in Lansing I did a lot of stories with this group called the Mikey 23 Foundation. And it's a guy, his name is Michael, who started it. His son was shot and killed in Lansing in a drive-by shooting. And Michael started this foundation in honor of his son to kind of help young kids now learn skills and learn a trade and kind of learn something so they're not just growing up in the city and not having any skills and getting into bad situations. But I think kind of working with that family is one of my proudest moments because I still talk to him and kind of doing the initial story with them on what happened and then how he's helping these kids and then how he's offering resources to the community and doing events and stuff at like local schools. And I like, he's the one doing the work to be honest, but I think getting to work with him has been super rewarding and proud because I'm able to kind of show the community what he's doing. It's not just like a hidden gem. Like he can be on TV and People can recognize that. Do you find that there are stories that stick with you that you've reported on over the years? Yeah, I do. I think that's one for sure. But also like the big stuff, like the election. I think the 2020 election was a big thing. Covering the Grand Rapids riots was a big thing. I think 
those two last year kind of was when I earned my stripes as a reporter because you go into that stuff and you have a plan, but you can't have a plan because everything is fluid and it's ongoing. So I think those have definitely stuck with me. Well, Dana, thank you so much for taking time out of your super busy schedule to talk with us. And I want to thank you for also always coming back and talking to our students here at CMU, too. Yes, I love CMU. Fire up. I will always come back. Just let me know when you need me. That's another episode of Depth of Field, a production of the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts at Central Michigan University. Thanks to my engineer, Michael Pawarski, and my producer, Allison Biss. I'm Patty Williamson. Thanks for joining us.